Foster and my co-host, the Camel. Take that as you will. What do I wear my jeans don't, too tight or something? <laughs> what, I don't even get that. What's that? What are you on about? I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, what it is is that um, he drinks a fair bit of water now, actually more than before. But you just don't piss. It's like it just stays in your system. Now, me it's years and years of dehydration. I'm just soaking it up. I'm like a sponge. I'm not full yet. That makes a lot of sense. Myself, on the other hand, I was getting out of the sea yesterday and I could hear my mate behind me giggling because I was getting out of the sea and I just then suddenly stood really still and sort of slightly cocked my leg to one side, like feeling really peaceful. And oh, and he walked past and he was like, you taking a piss? I was like, yeah. It's a certain stance, a certain... <laughs> I think I we It's surreal how much I wee around surf sessions. It's like... Where was that from? Like Pavlov's dog. Every time you see the sea, that's it. God, it's just unbelievable. See the sea, need a wee. Now, the thing is, you know, I normally ask you what's the news, but you've got no news because you've not been surfing. I know, I'm maintaining my position as a plastic surfer. And you're the pretend surfer, you've got all the gear, no idea, all the best brands, got an amazing expensive van too. Well, yeah. No, it's a proper kit, that. Proper van. Not the pimp version, though, is it? Um, you need to get yourself a really crapped out car and make yourself look extra hipster. and yeah. Which is a fucking load of nonsense, by the way. We talked about that before. Yeah. No, I haven't been surfing. But no, you haven't. I've been less Kelly Slater, more Monty Don. <laughs> Monty Don. For those people who are not from the UK <laughs> might not know who Monty Don is. People be, outside the UK are like, who? Who's Monty Don? I've never heard of him. He's a great. Is he a great surfer? No, he, Has he got a monocle? Yeah. He is a gardener, isn't he? And I've just been preparing. The reason I have been sleeping... I've had some disturbed sleep. We'll get to that later. And I've been preparing a vegetable patch for this year's bounty. Are you talking about your pubes? <laughs> yeah, I've been tending my patch. You've grown it. Yeah. Fuller, so it Going poofs to... more. <laughs> yes. No, seriously, I'm preparing a, for the up-and-coming harvest. I'll be sowing. I'm preparing. Then I'll be sowing. <laughs> and then I'll be harvesting in the summer because I'm an old man. I have to go guard. I have to do some... I have to do... You're still talking. Pubes, yeah. No, I'm talking about my uh, your actual garden, my sorry, kitchen I'll, garden, I'll, my fruitful bounty that I'll be pulling out of the ground. At some hopefully, anyway, unless it all, as long as it all goes right. That's a good idea. Dude. Yeah, I'm not particularly green fingered, but I have a go every year. Very cool. Very it, cool. It's actually an incredibly mindful thing to do if anybody's sort of into that thing. Oh yeah, dig the soil, soil your seeds, and watch it all grow. Not your pubes. <laughs> every time. You talk about it now, I'm just going to think of pubes. Oh, well, you've got a dirty mind, haven't you? I hope everybody's uh, got their bingo cards ready to play sweary bingo this sweary week. Sweary bingo or talking about just general toilety stuff, genital areas, etc, etc. I smelt terrible three hours ago getting out of the sea. I came up this very steep June after incredible surf. I think it was my surf of the winter. You're going to rub this in now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I've already rubbed it in. Like Even when we were here, first met up, I started rubbing it in. Um, but I'll do it again. I'll chisel into the wound a little bit more. It was an amazing surf. You could really perform on the wave and put full power into your turns. And that's a really beautiful feeling in surfing, you know, when you can drive as hard as you want on your tail. It just comes back. You just get that give back. 
the wave pushes back. It's both powerful, but breaking slowly. And that's a really interesting paradox in surfing. Now, fair enough, if you're surfing backdoor or pipe, it's a little bit different. Waves tend to move very, very, very fast and powerfully because that's a barreling wave. But a high performance wave like trestles, if you actually watch it, the wave, the reason why it is so good for those full gouging turns is because it has a lot of energy underneath it and inside it. The wave energy is full, but it breaks down the line gradually. It gives you room and space to just wind up massive turns. And that was the surf earlier on today. And um, when we finally got up this June, this big June at the end, it was like just sweating. And then there was no showers because it was quite a remote spot. And then, yeah, just took off my suit and Geez, you would not have wanted to be near me. And you don't really want to be near me anyway, because I'm a bit... Just full stop. Just in general. Bit weird. I am very happy for you, because I'm a mindful surfer now. I'm very happy that you got to surf my idea of... I'm not going to say perfect, because what is perfect, but you were surfing the very waves that I most prefer. And I'm incredibly happy for you, while I was tending to my hopefully productive garden. There you go. That's the path of a true mindful surfer to be happy for someone else yep. when you're not surfing there you go even though we had a really quite actually quite fun little surf last night in the end didn't we in the end we kind of caught in it was like we got in i saw you out the back out the back and, and yeah. as if there was such a thing in fact i walked yeah i just walked and then went oh hey here we are is this the out the back are we out the back right now where's the and it was that thing where we're all just i haven't had a surf like that for ages where we were all just chatting away, because I am not one for chatting away in the surf, because I'm normally very busy just paddling off elsewhere and I'm incredibly unsociable. But it was quite sociable, wasn't it? I mean, to be fair, it was friends of ours on the paddle boards. But even they were scrabbling for waves for a bit, because yep. it, was, it was really flat, wasn't it? But then there was a point where the tide just turned and we got these little microwaves that came through and everybody got waves. You know, we're starting to see the sun again and the, the nights are getting longer and... People are kind of coming out of this sort of hibernation. In the UK, the lockdown is visibly easy. You can see that it's easing, whatever that has been for everybody. And the vibes are just high, I would say. And as a consequence, even the tiniest little micro wave that we were presented with last night was just a joy, wasn't it? Really good fun. And most Enjoy. people, everybody on foamies and just, it was epic in the end, even though it was probably the tiniest of tiny surfs that we've had recently. And there have been a lot of those. Super small. And it's this thing where I was on the longboard again. And it's amazing. If I was to think like, you know, like six or seven years ago to look into the future and seeing myself surfing a longboard and loving it too, like really enjoying it, um, I'd have been shocked because the ego says, I'm a shortboarder. That means I'm a good surfer. That means people should like me and respect me and give me waves and fucking a load of absolute bollocks mm. because nobody deserves more waves than someone else. That's just a complete fallacy. Well, I found um, it amazing how much you still managed to drop in, even on microwaves yeah, yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says this all the time. I just look down the line and see you there. And like an arrogant prick that I am, I look back and go, yeah, you won't make the bowl. I'll take off. That's just, it's educated. It's just, it's just a smart, measured move on my behalf. It's mindfulness. It's like, he's down there. Nah, he's, he's not quick enough to get, but, but you are actually getting so much better. It's biting me in the ass because I look down the line and you're now getting through the line and getting doing things like floaters and actually making sections because <laughs> it's really interesting. We, we, Very so, nice of you to say so. Well, you? well, no, you are. But th it's interesting. And we talked about this last week a little bit. There's so much nuance within going for a wave when someone else is on the wave or has, is going for it too. 
And when you notice someone is a real beginner, they just aren't going to make the section that you're on if you're already on a very steep section. So you're you're weighing that up. And I do that a lot where I'll, I'll be on a very, very steep section of the wave paddling, looking inside at what is a very beginnery type stance. Someone's not a quick surfer, basically. And I fully know that if I'm already in that faster section, then they're definitely just going to be in the foam. And I'll go and I'll always have a one quick last look before I really start pumping down the line and look back. And the key maneuver, well, there's two key maneuvers that help progress someone surfing, I think, that when you just like a click and people start getting it. Some people don't. A lot of people I know just don't get that. And I don't know what that is. I was like, how could you not get that? And it could be wrong boards, fitness stuff, maybe lacking humility to wanting to learn how to do this thing, or even just really shit coordination. <laughs> it's not, there's no judgment. Some people are just not very good at, let's say, dancing at all, even no matter how much you try and teach them. Listen, all that matters is, are they having a good time? Yeah. But we're just purely talking about the performance aspects here. And what you notice, there's two things that people start doing, and it's they're able to generate speed on the wave. So pump up and then come down and pump up and come down. And it means that they go from, let's say, five miles an hour at the start of the wave to suddenly 12 miles an hour. So they're making sections just by virtue of this thing called pumping. And then the next key maneuver is floaters. Because as we know, we're all going to surf very imperfect waves most of the time. And what imperfect waves do is they break in crumbles and sections. And you've got to really be able to climb those foam sections and quickly sit on the lid, come across the foam, 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 and then boom, land, get to the next section, yeah, do another turn, whatever. So those two key maneuvers. And I think that the best way to practice those two is one, surf skate mm. for the pumping, the speed, and the floater bit is to... Practice. So we all get this thing in surfing where you'll be going for a closeout wave mm. and we tend to leave them. What you can do is rather than leave the closeout, just quickly go for it. And yeah, it's going to close out, but there'll suddenly be a quick lid, a quick barrel you can get your board up onto and just quickly get your board up onto it, land back down. And do that enough times and you really develop this kind of ability to quickly lift. It's like an ollie. Yeah. A floater is like an ollie. It's like a quick, almost mini air up onto yeah. the top of the wave and then down. But, um, Mate, you are getting better. It is very tricky, though. I still find that very, very tricky. And the thing is, when you're in the progression phase or the improver phase, sometimes you're having to think about that thing. When you're thinking about that thing, it's not yet like total muscle memory. So I have to kind of, I'm going through my mind, you know, driving the kids insane, practicing this stuff on land in the house. Can I get up there? But the times you make them is such a absolute feeling, isn't it? When you go, what? What? I've just done something I couldn't do before. And I think... Like I always say in, in life, whatever that might be, whether you apply that to whatever, playing the guitar, music, is when you do something that previously you thought was really hard, not impossible, because if you've got that mindset, you're going to try and meet those challenges and try and work out how to kind of get to the next level. But you go, okay, how do I do it? And I'm going to keep trying, I'm going to practice, and I'm going to fail, and I'm going to fall, and it's going to be painful, and it's going to be very embarrassing, you know, in whatever context you find that. When you then open that door to the next room of progression, what a rewarding place to be. And there's the joy as well. That helps you find joy. It's a challenge. The thing I've also really, and I, I obviously name-checked them a couple of times now in the last couple of weeks. They very kindly sort of got in touch as well with Clayton and Anthony from OmbiSurf. And watching, again, some of Clayton's analysis of the pros and little hacks around speed generation, biomechanics, how to try and unlock some of the maneuvers is game-changing as well. You know, and you'll find different coaches doing these different things and it's always great to have someone you surf with who knows these things too. But then to go and do your homework, like anything, and practice in your own time relentlessly is really important as well. So improvement is is there for anybody. As I always say, once you've got the certain levels of whatever that might be, fitness or 
uh, movement patterns and flexibility and so on. The only thing that then separates people from what you would define as um, advanced to beginner is the amount of practice conditions they've had a go in. And I think if you can get that into a mindset as you start at the beginning of surfing and think it is just like anything else you'll learn, you can do it and it is possible. But of course, you have to put the practice in to do it. And where you find that practice is not as easy as it is for some other things. You know, it's not like just buying a guitar and trying to learn the chords that you want to play. You've got to find surf eventually. Could be a wave pool, couldn't it? And they've really been game changing for people. But the surf skate, like we always mention, is a huge game changer now, I think, in progression on land practice. The surf skate teaches you, I think, the biggest thing in surfing, which is you surf with your eyes. Mm. Your best surfing is where are you onto your next maneuver? Kelly always talked about that. You know, where are your eyes? And if you watch, you know, someone like Tom Curran, he's coming round the ball on his front side and his head and eyes are just looking only at that little corner, that tiny figure of eight corner. This is where his eyes absolutely fixed. And if you just take your eyes off that zone for a moment, the turn doesn't complete. That's what the surf skate does. You know, and I was watching you do it that time. I've done a few sessions with you. It's a great coaching tool. And you were going through your cutback. And I was like, whoa, no, dude, 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 you got so much further to go. So you thought you were doing a cutback and you were doing a half yeah. turn. And I was like, no, 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 this is a figure of eight. You've got to go round and round and then keep going round and then further round. And then you're still not there. And then, oh my God, actually the, <laughs> the way to get that rail to continually go round is to just keep your head over your shoulder. Don't let that head come back. Don't suddenly then just bring it back too soon. It's very tempting because the thing with surfing is we get into this thing where, oh, but I don't want the wave to run away from me because it's such a precious thing. And we do, we all do this as surfers. We become very precious of that wave. And I don't want to fall off on it because it's so special. And I don't want to, you know, go too far around the turn because what about if the bowl escapes me after and it goes too quick and whatever. But in order to get better, you've really got to try and complete your turns. Because as you do, you go back to the power source. Yeah. And as you go back to the power source, you find that new wave and new pocket of energy. And that's just such a thrill. And it's not necessarily for everyone because a lot of people get joy by just sort of not being near the power source and just going along a bit and maybe going straight or maybe even just body surfing or whatever. Yeah. We're only having these conversations under the context of I'm a surfer who wants to surf with the most flow and power possible. Yep. And that's not for everybody at all. I just think for me personally, I know you as well, and I know most surfers, I would say this, that's a big statement, but I'd say most surfers want to enjoy the most powerful bits of the wave. There's something incredibly enjoyable about that re-entry onto the power zones of the wave. And it's like a you just go into the vortex, don't you? And my buddy said the other day, it's a feeling of weightlessness. Yeah. And your board just go temporarily completely like it's not there. It's like you're flying. Two things on this. One, and I'm going to nick some of that Clayton stuff as well. But the, for me, the idea was that you, you almost, when you start to learn to surf at the very beginning, white water's your friend, isn't it? Because you use that churning energy to push yourself on a foam board and you just try and stand up. Weirdly, there's almost a phobia to it. For, certainly there was for me. I was a little bit frightened of the white water. I thought for a long time that the idea for me was to pop up and get away from the white water. And I see loads of surfers doing it. And I never fell off as much, actually. I would ride along the wave, however long that was, until, like you say, there was a closeout. And I think the closeout is also the end of my ride, which often it is. But like you were saying earlier, you can get up and over that foam now if it's the right section. 
I ended up surfing and it was great fun, but you ride, you ride, you ride, you lose power and you come off the wig. And again, watching some of these videos and surfing with you, you go, okay, well, the power source there is my friend and I don't need to be frightened of it. And I can harness that to make the experience of surfing that wave much more dynamic. So instead of going from point A to point B, which is away from the power source and the end of the wave, you're going top to bottom, top to bottom, top to bottom, round back to the power source. And there is a great, I'm jumping ahead to Surf Media Insight. If you can go on YouTube and watch Omby's assessment of Mick Fanning surfing, the Mick Fanning surf analysis, Clayton really talks very well about the fact that he takes something like what would be a 50-meter ride and makes it 150 meters by the fact that it goes top to bottom, a figure of eight, up and down. And he's therefore making the most of the canvas that is the wave and not just literally drawing a line on a, you know, you're not just drawing a line on a canvas, you're painting the whole picture. Then when you step back in your mind and enjoy that, because that's the flow experience you get from it, it is like looking at the masterpiece that you've created. And I love that. I love all of that stuff. So like you say, yeah, you serve how you want because it is art form. If you want to just put a dot on a piece of paper and that's your version of having a good time, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not who judges? But, you know, from experience, just the more you can do, the more you get out of it. And in fact, weirdly, maybe we sort of put some of this out on some one of our videos, but you go, the more I've tried this stuff with you, Will, and tried to progress, I fall off more. I wipe out mm. way more than I used to. It's true. When I was just the down the line surf, I very rarely, I was very conscious to not wipe out before. And now I find myself having some spectacular wipeouts. Um, some painful and others just painful to the ego because they're embarrassing. More so, yeah, yeah. But without doing it, you've got no chance of progressing. If you don't hit the wrong note, you'll never know where the right note is. Reminds me of a t-shirt we're going to make. Oh, yeah. Because one of our favorite slogans is surf like no one's watching. Yeah. That is what will aid your progression and joy more than anything. And that's true of life as well. You are the captain of your soul. You are the master of that ship. If you totally allow your soul to express, you create a, a mental, emotional, spiritual freedom that can't be put into words. And it's just pure expression. And then in that way, you are at your best. We are all at our best when we don't care how it seems to others. Whatever that best version is to you, it's just pure abandon, pure joy. But the thing with that is, and we discussed this before, is that just like this podcast that you and I record, and, and so much of what made us want to start this podcast was because we wanted to actually just be vulnerable. Because when you allow yourself to be your true self, it makes you vulnerable, right? To people, to listeners, to criticism, whatever else that you might get in that realm. But that act of vulnerability is a dropping of the shield and it's a true expression. So when we started this, one of our things was we wanted to make t-shirts because we believe so strongly in some of the quotes that can really both make someone smile and chuckle because we've got many quotes that we'd love to have on, on our t-shirts, but also that represent what it means truly to be a mindful surfer. And that's why we started this show. And it's this thing where you know, to me, when I sit on here at times, there's things that I say where I, I'm like, am I going to say that? And I just go and say it anyway. And I'm always glad I have because it's the only bit of me that would care is my ego. And that is just a series of thoughts and sometimes feelings as well, obviously, because we do get triggered that you can just let pass if you just notice it. There's not some magic trick no. to growing as a human being. It's just... It's so, so simple. I'm not saying, therefore, that it's easy. Hell no. But it's very simple. 
And we do have that goal, don't we? We do have that goal yeah. of really representing what it means we, to be a Marvel It's just surfer. the extension of building the community. The thing I would say, it is never meant to be easy. I don't think there is any free pass, is there? It's not actually supposed to be easy, but it's about what do you take out of it? And the first bit, and that's why this kind of surf like no one's watching, we sort of started throwing around. The first bit to almost surfing enlightenment, mindful surfing enlightenment, you apply this to bits of surfing, you apply it to life, and you and I are taking hopefully our own advice on this stuff, is one of the key blockers, and certainly I'd say this for myself as well, to true expression of what you want to do in life, or that whole joyous play, let's call it, that humans feel restricted more and more that they can't do as they get older and they get serious jobs and blah, blah, blah. All the things that weigh you down and put barriers up to the reasons why in your own mind or society's mind you can't, let's call it play, and that's what some people see surfing as. But to go right to where Jim Carrey is on that sort of really out there journey of that is the sooner you are not bothered or you care little or care not at all for what other people think of you, the freer you are to truly express your innermost drivers in order to get that pleasure joy to make the path through life which is as i say sometimes easy sometimes not easy it's a, you know you get order and you get chaos as joyous as possible because you know life is too serious to take seriously as we've always said as well and the more you can sort of dial that kind of those gains and the more you can freely enjoy yourself the better it is all around hell yeah have um, i gone on a soapbox moment think, there though dude soapbox away my friend just Pull your pants down and whip your pubes out while you do it. That's all I ask. <laughs> we got a phone call. G'day. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Who the... Who's this? Who's this? I didn't... Well, you were calling me, mate. Must have been an accident. I must have pressed right. it in my pocket. And... All right. Who is it? It's Will Foster at the Mindful Surfer. Who's this? Who the fuck's Will Foster at the Mindful Surfer? All right, Will. G'day, mate. Yeah, what the kook, boys? How you doing, lads? <laughs> Oh, fucking oh, it's Long Dave. time no speak, boys. It's Dave. What, can I, what can I do you for? I've butt-dialed Dave. Oh, my days. Mate, what's going on? What's been the news? How's the surfing? Right, well, the good thing is I haven't heard from you boys for a long time, <laughs> which always cheers me up. <laughs> Listen, we know you listen to the show. Have you been practicing any of the things, you know, surf like no one's watching, you know, be more relaxed, just enjoy it, you know, work on your fitness. What about your mindset? You know, how have you been with other people in the water, things like that? Right, well, I've still got this up, which has really oh, helped clear out the lineup from kooks like yourselves. Obviously, <laughs> the beer consumption I've been very mindful of, so I now buy the VB in bulk. <laughs> At least you're saving money, Dave. And uh, you know you recommend the fruit and nut bars, mate. I've had loads of those, so uh, yeah, all good, really. All the better for hearing about you, boys. But listen, it's early here, so uh, why don't you boys go fuck off? <laughs> Dave, I can really feel it in you. You're on a mindfulness journey, my friend. Thanks for jumping on board. Bye. See ya. Bye. That was a funny one because we called him way back when. So I've obviously got him on my phone. Well um, done. Special guest, um, Dave from Australia. Wow. The mindless surfer. What a character. Hey, hope you're enjoying the show. If you connect with what we do here at The Mindful Surfer, why not share it with your friends? Or go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. So the more ratings we have the more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers. Now, let's get back to the show. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on to segment number two, the mindful surfer. Dave, if you're listening, join in, my friend. Just a couple of minutes just to take a few deep breaths 
and reduce the stress levels, feel a bit calmer and raise your awareness. That's why we're here. So take a deep breath in through your nose and breathe out slowly. And deep breath in and then breathe out slowly. See if you can breathe in for four. So one, two, three, four. Hold your breath. And breathe out slowly for one, two, three, four, five, six. Two more seconds, seven and eight. Breathe in for four. Let's go. Deep breath in. Two, three, four. Hold your breath. And breathe out for eight. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. We'll just do one more breath just to raise the awareness, calm the body down, get all that good stuff flowing, and do one more deep breath in. So deep breath in one, two, three, and four. Just hold your breath and breathe out slowly for eight, seven, six, five, four. Three, two, and rest. One of the um, loveliest side effects of mindfulness practice before bed is better sleep. So going to sleep faster and sleeping more deeply, getting more REM sleep where you produce more testosterone growth hormone and repair your body more quickly and recover better from surfs, uh, reduce inflammation in your joints, just generally feel all around healthier and, and fitter and reduce that aging process. And um, I've always been, not always, but certainly for the last eight, nine years, been practicing a lot of mindfulness myself and teaching it. And um, one of the biggest challenges with it is that it's the opposite. Mindfulness practice, particularly for bed, let's use that as an example. So you're thinking about getting the benefits of better sleep. It's the opposite of this world of instant joy, instant calm, okay? That's what we're in. We're in this thing of sugar, alcohol, iPhones, surf, yeah, even just surfing. Things that give you, there you go, you're straight there. First sip of wine, ah, you're in, you're there. And with mindfulness practice, it's a very, very slow burner. It takes a lot of years of practice and a lot of minutes within each practice to actually start slowly reaping the benefits. But the benefits vastly outweigh anything that could be given to you instantly as an instant gratification, instant joy, instant calm, whatever, da, 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 da. Because what you're doing is you're coming away from this crazy world of instant this and instant that and fast, fast, fast and more, more, more and emails and go, go, go and just get as much done as you can and make as much money as possible. And you're going completely and utterly in the other direction. And so it's understandable that we'd find it challenging. And the people that I've taught it over the years have remarked that in particular with sitting still, practicing pure mindfulness meditation, it is hard to do. And in fact, most people remark that it's the hardest thing they've ever done because you are just literally sitting with your breath. And we get fidgety and we're like, oh, I've got to get to sleep soon or dinner's cooking or there's always something on, there's always something on. So you've got to have the discipline to set that time aside. But I'll tell you this, for me personally, when I don't do my full mindfulness practice before bed, which by the way is about 20 minutes of yoga, breathing, meditation, it's a few stretches, but lots of sitting as well and certain poses and things. Which I can, by the way, if people want me to, if you want to comment on social or send us an email, I can show you what I do. 
because we are going to do more vlogs over the yeah. years. We've got loads of plans for that. Is that when I've done it, I'm so happy I've done it. I sleep better. I wake up feeling fresher. The nights where I don't do it, I really notice it. And in particular, I don't digest my food as well. Because another huge benefit of mindfulness practice is you increase your digestive enzyme release. So anything digestively just gets sorted out for you. So it means you absorb more nutrients and eliminate more toxicity out of your system because you're producing more enzymes out of your pancreas when you go into these deep breathing exercises yeah. because it's so calming. So you turn on that digestive system. Really what I'm going with this in terms of the insight is start small, as in even if it's just one minute or 30 seconds before you go to bed or first thing in the morning, I'd say they're the arguably most important times to do mindfulness. Practice them then and just set a timer. Say, look, you know, this is my intention. I want to create a new habit of having a, a less stressed, calmer life that's going to help my life and my surfing because it has huge benefits in your surfing for not only your health and overall inflammation in your joints, but also when you're actually out in the lineup dealing with crowds, dealing with windy conditions, dealing with fear, dealing with, you know, tiredness, whatever. We've got to be dealing with all those factors and, and having a still mind and a focused mind is, is massive for your surfing. Arguably, even if you listen to top pros, it's the thing, you know, it's your mind. How, where's your mind at in the surf? It's just to start small. Yeah. That's the key. And then build slowly, slowly over time. And what you're trying to do when you do mindfulness meditation in this way, you're not trying at all to get rid of thoughts. If you try and get rid of thoughts, you'll just end up with so many more thoughts. So the thoughts are always going to fill the space. They're always going to be there. They're going to be there till the day you die. All you're trying to do instead is just notice that you can observe them and you can watch them. And just then, in having watched them, very, very, very gently, not aggressively, just very, very gently bring your awareness back to the feeling of air going in your nose and the feeling of air leaving your body. Mindfulness can be done in all kinds of ways, and it can be a refocus of the breath, but it can be just as powerfully a refocus in the ocean of, let's say, the grey sky. Look at the certain shape of the clouds. Let's say you've not had waves for five minutes, you maybe get a bit frustrated. Okay, you've got to bring that vibe back. The only way to get the waves, we all know, is to have the high vibe. So to get the good vibe back, just watch the clouds for a bit. Deep breaths. Just bring your centre back. You know, don't look at all the crowd and all the, you know. But the thing about doing it outside the ocean on land it's like the gym work for the match day. You're putting in the training so that when you actually get in the ocean, you've got that tool there yeah. that you can use that can make such a big difference. Anything is practice for when you need yeah. it. Yeah. What are you training for? I'm training for yeah. life. Damn straight. You know, and that's it, isn't it? You, as he said a few weeks ago on one of the shows about, you only ever rise to the level of your training. And um, if you haven't practiced your cutback, you're not going to do a cutback. If you haven't practiced your mind exercises, you're not going to be able to do them when you need them the most. And I take that advice myself. You know, I fall out of it. I can tell you one thing. The phone, mobile phone, do not help that pre-bed ritual. The earlier you put that away in an evening, the better it is for your mindfulness practice. The better it is for your sleep and all of that sort of stuff that goes alongside that. So true. And I'll be the first to admit I'm not good with that. I do loads of mindfulness practice. I've found that just that evening bit where I'm just you know looking at surfboards and Same. sending messages and, and chatting away and wanting to be in contact with people, especially around this time. I think yeah. that's in particular where we're going to be maybe a little kind to ourselves too, that you know we've never been less physically social yeah. in person. So we've probably lent into our phones like never before. Mm. And, and I think that um, it takes a lot of discipline. When I was being more religious about it, my sleep was better. And I've been as you know, a lot busier and, and joking aside, you know, I was pretty exhausted to do a dawny this morning, which is one of the reasons I'd sort of yesterday decided I was just going to get some sleep. And a lot of that is down to the intensity of work 
screen time and then spending the evening scrolling stuff that is sucking me into the comparison vortex. You're in the comparison vortex, stimulated by all the light that comes out of that thing. And by the time you've sort of turned it off and you're ready for bed, your brain is bouncing. And then you throw in, and and I know I was extolling the virtues of it, but this is where the downside of it comes in. You throw in maybe one too many beers, and it doesn't have to be many. That could be a third, that could be a second, it could be a half, and your sleep is interrupted. You know, I have to hand on heart admit that if I've enjoyed a couple of beers, my sleep is nowhere near as good as the times when I've had abstinence for a good couple of days. And I think you just often have to, again, look at yourself in the mirror and level with yourself as to, you know, what are the reasons that you, you're not getting sleep? And as we know, sleep is so restorative to well-being, and that well-being feeds into every single aspect of your surfing life. 100%. So, yeah. We're going to talk more about that in a sec, because yeah. there's a couple of insights we want to go to. But, dude, we're going to move on to segment number three, Mind Body Stoke, where Liam and I talk about things we've been doing with our minds and bodies to raise the stoke. Now, I have masturbated 19 times this week, personal record, and that's raised my well-being, which is nice, but we've run out of tissues. So I'm um, not sure what to do about that. Now, how many times have you <laughs> masturbated this I week? I actually don't even know where to Come on, start man. with that question or your statement. Come on, don't you lie to me. Everybody masturbates. That's it. You've been looking at Lost Surfboard's website for too long. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my God. What have I been actually is wanking that, over? Is that HP Puddle Jumper 510? <laughs> <laughs> they call it board porn for a reason. Yeah. That's my board. That'd be quite a good... Will shooting the Carve magazine like that on the board shop section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be quite a funny little cartoon to have in like a, <laughs> like a mag. Like someone who's so into surfing, that's actually what they use for sexual stuff. Come on, get on, you dirty little fucker. <laughs> <laughs> move on move on you fucker hit me dude anything mentally physically yeah hit, well hit. as i just sort of you know kind of get a little sort of teaser before sleep huge right we talk about sleep a lot so here's a couple of things that have it's like a live take me as the surf guinea pig that's how you don't see many surfing guinea pigs do you but stay with me on this one so lots of gains talking earlier on about some improvements to surfing etc magnesium helps sleep so all of the things that are dialed in very well from a surfing and well-being perspective and good exercise and structured exercise and lots of surfing let's take the last week as just a sort of snapshot of what happens when all what happens when it goes wrong or you can't do it and the discipline slips as i say work intensifies for good and bad broadly good but it means more demands on work time more sitting down again not honoring your stretches and getting up as much as you can staring at a screen medicating maybe with the booze and the mind stress that comes with that and suddenly sleep is interrupted and as soon as that cycle starts to kick in the effects are compounded and to a point where it's harder to surf or indeed get up and do a dawny so the real life impact of that is i'm exhausted i can't even go and do a dawny to cracking surf this morning and that has its challenges right started to sort of just go back in fact last night was a good resetting of sleep laid off the booze, had some magnesium and things were starting to get better for me. And therein lies the real challenges of real world surfing, <laughs> you know, when you kind of have to pursue other things. And it's just to be kind to yourself that those are inevitable sometimes, mm. but realizing that that's what's happened and you kind of turn the dial again and you, you hopefully go back to the gains that you were making. Because mm. honestly, if you fall off, and I think this is where you forgive yourself as a human, if you fall off whatever wagon you're on for self-improvement, let's call it, you just have to move on and get back on. Mm. It's not that you then say, oh, no, I'm then in a very downward spiral and I can't ever get back on. It's just you pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and on you go again. You know, it hasn't been awful, but it's just definitely been 
not as well rounded from a sleep perspective as, as it had been up until that point. Mm. It's amazing the difference it makes. And again, you take an exercise out of that because I haven't surfed very much apart from microwaves. And, and obviously there is less intensity of paddling, surfing, etc. So I haven't been as physically exhausted. Winding all the way back to the joking at the beginning of the show of like, well, what do you do when you can't surf? Obviously there's exercise, gym work, etc. But things like the therapy of going and just simply digging a bit of soil in a garden to plant out some veggies, suddenly you get the gains from fresh air, vitamin D. Yeah, you're not surfing, but there are things you can do outside that make you feel good about yourself, life, and therefore when you take that to bed, providing you've switched your phone off early enough and you haven't sort of gone through the comparison vortex of looking at different websites, you sleep better. Mm. It's not that difficult really, is it? But humans, the fragile things that we are, we forget that and we fall off. That's just part of the condition of, you know, wearing this meat suit and being a living, breathing creature. Absolutely, dude. And there's a lot of research that I've read over the years on health. It's been my passion outside of surfing massively for my own body as well as everybody that I sort of teach and help and things. And there's a lot of tips and tricks, as we all know, about how to improve health. But there's one that trumps them all really, and it's circadian rhythm for its benefits. And how that translates to surfing is, well, if you're sleeping great, you're repairing. And if you're repairing well, you're as strong as you can be. And surfing takes a lot of strength, takes a lot of power. People look at it and, and they have this sort of, oh, surfing, it looks like, you know, it's just easy and, oh, gentle. And you can surf like that if you want. But even longboarding, geez, you move that thing around, carry it down the beach, snap up onto it, you know, do a little cutback, power, strength, coordination, etc. You will basically be a better surfer if you sleep better. There's just absolutely no question. The thing about circadian rhythm, the most important thing about it is actually, well, we know it's daylight exposure. That's it. But it's your skin in that daylight. When we've had those days, we all know them. Well, unless you haven't surfed in the tropics, but you probably had days just in the garden and whatnot where you've done that. Or maybe just, you know, had a day in the garden or a day on the beach in your shorts and surfed too, maybe, or whatever. But just a full day of skin exposure outside in nature. No emails. Chops off. Get your chop off, lad. <laughs> and... uh that's a fine chest muff you got there, lad. Thank you very much. You have a lovely chest muff, actually. I do. Uh, I did that earlier. I had to top off. I look like a Poundland pole dark. <laughs> <laughs> have you just made that up? Yeah, I was thinking about it's it just actually, then. Actually pretty good. That's where we've all slept our bed. Like, it's that holiday sleep. It's your skin. So your skin responds to that photoelectricity, and your skin has all these photoreceptors in it to take in light to understand wakefulness and hormones that go with it, the good hormones. You have natural light going on you. It's quite hard not to feel good, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing um, what difference it makes. And then, if you can then go to you know, dim light, candlelight, almost no light, you know, basically caveman living, you are just knocked out. And the thing is, I've had this loads in my life where I've gone, oh my God, I'd be just so sick to be able to surf all day in shorts and just sleep like a baby and just not have these responsibilities and live in this country and bloody, bloody, blah. And the amazing thing is, is how we adapt. No matter what so-called improvements you could make to your surfing life, whether it's moving to the coast or whether it's being able to surf better waves or get a new board or improve your fitness or whatever it might be, we adapt. We always will. And so the question then becomes, why have ambition? You know, why bother of getting better at surfing? Why bother you know, going for that dream of living by the coast or whatever it might be? You know, why bother? Because you're just going to adapt it. You're going to get happy for a bit, but then 
eventually you adapt to that and it's just normal, right? Yeah. It's the new norm. And the reason why is because there's a sense of growth within that's got nothing to do with the outside life. It's got a sense of growth within because you are accepting the challenge that will be involved in going on that journey. And because it becomes one that goes on for life, like as in you don't then go, oh, I'm here now and that's it. There's just another goal and another thing. And it's not like you make that goal the thing that's going to so-called make you happy. As we know, that's a myth. It's more a goal because it fires you up to have a goal. It makes you feel good to feel like you're pulling your life in a certain direction. It's a sense of growth. That's why it's silly when people naysay people who have goals around surfing. That's ridiculous. If you meet people who have goals around life in general, around surfing, around whatever, they're doing it because if they're happy with it, because it's an inside thing. It's not trying to impress anybody. It's a feeling inside of, I want to do it for me. Yeah. And it's a sense of satisfaction and having challenge in your life when you overcome it. It's just an incredible feeling. Completely, dude. I mean, and it's also a realization. It's much said in the circles that, you know, we probably start hanging out in or reading where you take the sort of guidance from is that there isn't really a destination. There is only this kind of continual journey along whatever road you've been put on. And why not therefore enjoy it and enjoy the little bits along the way as you kind of just get walking through life or hopefully skating or surfing through life, no matter how old you get. And, you know, if you keep your body and your mind fit, you can do that for as long as you can. And that's, for me, that's one of the ultimate goals. And all of this stuff that we talk about, it's all part of being able to sort of draw out the enjoyment of that for as long as it's physically and mentally possible. Hell yeah. Yeah. Love that, dude. I want to mention something on mind about buying boards mm-hmm. and money. If you're listening to this, you're into surfing. And I'm just going to make a little guess. <laughs> guess. I'm going to make the most sure-footed guess of my entire life that you have been looking at boards recently that you might want to get because boards are just so addictive. It's all part of the joy. The smell of the new board, the feel of the new board, the look of the new board, what it might do where it could take your surfing, where it could take your life. It's an incredible thing, new boards. And obviously, they cost money, and and that's an implication. So like anything, you're trying to weigh up balance. And for me personally, I'm looking at a board, and it's not a board that would get used loads and loads. So there's all that bit in me going, oh, you know, can I justify it? And it wouldn't get used all the time. And what about this? And what would people think if they found out, you know, the cost of it? And How much? How much? Bloody hell, lad. (laughs) 600 quid. Has it got an engine? For board? Oh, it goes on fucking water. (laughs) That's quite good. Do you like that? Yeah. I'm quite offended that you've just done that. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Taking the piss out of my accent. Yeah. yeah. I'm learning from the best. It's good, actually. It's a good one, that. Well done. Thanks, bud. And um, it's basically to trust your intuition. Your intuition is more powerful to helping you make decisions than anything. This mind, this silly mind, blah, 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 just just non-stop. When it goes down one rabbit hole, go down a fucking another. It's why asking for opinions on stuff is just nonsense. You know, should I get, you know, I've got this much money in my account, you know. Only you can know for yourself where your balance is at. And if intuitively there's a strong calling for a board, but there's all these like, well, you feel guilty because, you know, I haven't bought anything for that person recently and yeah. I've got that bill to pay in three months. And I go, If all that comes in, just notice it, let it pass. Buy the board. Have fun. Enjoy it. And enjoy it guilt-free. It's a good little challenge, that, because it's a certain amount of money aboard. It's always a good chunk. It's a good, hefty chunk. And it's for just the fr- absolute frivolity 
of surfing, which makes it possibly even more guilt-ridden because it's not like you're, you know, saving for the extension or the, you know, the kid's uniform or, you know, whatever, like something that's, that, let's say, quote-unquote, responsible. When it's that frivolous, it's just purely for fun. It comes with stuff, doesn't it? And I think that's why, you know, we want to have this show. We want to talk about things like that, things yeah. that matter to surfers because we're all in this game together. We're wanting to advance our surfing, enjoy our surfing mainly. And part of that is getting kit. Yeah. And managing the financial well-being yeah. of being a surfer and living this life and sort of how do you get your most out of it and where do you compromise and what do you do? And boards are a huge part of that. They have got incredibly expensive, joking aside. Very, and, very. But I think if you find local shapers and people who are able to work with you to sort of shape something that you'll surf the waves on or you look at second-hand boards, you can find affordable kit that will enhance your surfing. And as we said before, there is a point where you've got to look at yourself as much as the board, but if you've got a board that can then help you get to that next progression, you just got to choose that as wisely as you can. And you don't always need to just buy them out of a factory in the Far East somewhere. You can find somebody local to make those boards for you. Well said. Well said. Segment number four, Surf Media Insight. I just want to share something. My YouTube isn't working because our Apple TV is so old that it won't support the YouTube app mm. on our TV. And my life is no worse off for it. It's definitely a work on for me is this watching surf videos, surf tutorials, footage of this, footage of that, and lots of rugby stuff too. I'm a big rugby fan and cricket fan as well. I love sport, mainly surfing. But anyway, just clicking, clicking, clicking. It's this thing where you're watching something. And I would say that about 20% of the videos I finish. And that says a lot about this mind. It's, oh, there could be something better. That clip might be better. Oh, there might be something else. Because with YouTube, it is an infinite source of content. So you can find literally anything. And it doesn't mean it's going to be better. It's just addictive. It's the addictiveness of Instant gratification, next thing, could be better, perfectionism, etc. Coming, going, actually going wild. And I have now gone on to Red Bull TV and Red Bull TV on my app, on my Apple TV, play um, like Red Bull surfing, Red Bull mountaineering, Red Bull snowboarding. They play them as a constant TV thing yeah. on each of those bits within the app. So it's just running whatever it's running, like, you know, whatever's on is on. So I click on that and I got like Kelly and Andy at Pipe from 2004 and it was just playing the, the old clip. I actually sat and I felt more mindful. I felt calmer. I actually just sat and was more present with it because my mind wasn't thinking I could be watching something better. It was a contentment. It's a bizarre thing that it just came through from just watching that. And I know I'm terrible with this because I do this with surfing too. I've done this with you many times where we're in a beach, we're having a great time and I'm not having an amazing time. I'm not in the flow really because it's waves of could be better elsewhere. And sometimes that's paid off. Yeah. Sometimes that next speech has been better. Sometimes that next YouTube video has been better. But I'd say on the balance of things, most times not. Well, let me give you a question. Would you or would the world be better with less choice? So for example, you only have one color t-shirt to wear. You only have one surfboard that you ride. You only have one channel. And so suddenly the tyranny of choice which is really what it is, is removed from your life. And that frees your mind to go to other places that might be more productive. Who knows? I believe that, yeah, choice sometimes is the, so true. Is the enemy. It's like trying to find that right, I'm not going to say actual porn. <laughs> it's like trying to find that right board porn yeah. 
video and you scroll and scroll and scroll. And then when you finally find it, whew, you know, you think you're there, but no, you're not. And you go to the next one. And then, and like you said, there's just more and more and more porn out there. I mean, that's the truth. Well, I mean, people don't even know what I'm actually talking but, about. But now. Metaphorically <laughs> speaking, metaphorically speaking, you're right. Because you're saying if there is endless choice, there is some sort of inherent thing within human. Oh, what if I was over there? It might be better. It might be better over there. It rarely is, because unless it's better here, unless it's good now, mm. wherever you go, that's where you are, then it will never, you will never find what you're looking for in something else, whether that's a clip, just a surfboard for the sake of it, uh, a place. It's got to start your own front doorstep. Completely. So basically, despite the fact that I don't think it will make me happier, I'm still going to buy a new surfboard. Go and buy a new surfboard. <laughs> I just remembered. I'm going to mass a massive contradiction. No, but, but of course, it's exactly what you're saying. I remembered something. I don't know if you remember because you're younger than me, but there was a program on during the school holidays when I was a kid called Why Don't You? Did you ever see? You probably didn't no, see it. It was no, ancient. No. The opening credits had this tune on it, ironically, because they wanted you to watch this program, but it stuck with me this at this point. And they used to sing this thing to say, why don't you go turn off your TV and do something more interesting instead? And in a way, that could now apply to all of the, really social media to an extent, but all of that stuff. If you just turn it off and go and do something more interesting, like surf, mm. then that's, you know, life would be better. Yeah, that's so true. And, and it's about balance too, because like we've discussed this many times that, you know, we love social media and it is awesome. And you see some incredible clips and bits about boards and bits about people and interesting yeah. places they visited. You meet good people. Waves, and it's a great way of connecting. And there's so much positivity out there and great stuff. It's just about finding that balance and noticing when you're getting hooked into all oh, better. What about the next clip? What about the better? And, and sort of getting into that vortex and just being able to pull back. Because I think the people who sort of get very woke about it and, oh, you know, I'm, I'm just going to sack off all social media and whatever. And I think that's, listen, and I'm not judging that mm. at all. I think if people have got to make that call themselves using their intuition, then you go ahead and do what you need to do. That's fine. At the same time, there is so much good out there on YouTube and on social media and so much to be enjoyed, et cetera. Just like anything, just like alcohol, just enjoy a bit and then back off and know when to pull the plug. Yeah. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. It's been a blast. And uh, we'll see you again soon. See you next week. Cheers, guys. Bye.